Hi everyone, this is Mario Selenas. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates daily podcast. It is my great joy to be sharing with you yet again today. And we certainly thank you for listening and we salute every one of you from all the nations that are represented now who are our listening base. It's truly a delight to be bringing to you these daily podcasts. Today's story brings us to the island of Cyprus where I was raised. And during my time there, I became very familiar with a dynamic on the island of Cyprus, which which had to do with politics. There are two main parties on the island, the Nationalist Party and the Communist Party. And during elections in particular, those parties are very um, much opposed to each other and also in the government, in the parliament and in the overall governmental leadership of the nation there are these two sides always pitted against each other and sometimes these uh, rivalries can get very intense and very heated especially around election time and it's almost election time in the US and I'm definitely not going anywhere near politics in this podcast but uh, I want to draw from my time there and in particular one incident where I grew up among communists and nationalists, of course. My family is a very uh, strongly leaning nationalist family and uh, very much uh, associated with and finding connection with Greece. And I had many friends who were communists. In fact, uh, the, the football team or the soccer team that you support on the island of Cyprus will determine which side you're on because uh, that is just how things go over there. There are communist teams and there are nationalist teams. And it's very rare that there'll be a nationalist that supports a communist team and vice versa. So I remember being with one of my communist friends and he had very strong ties to the communist party. And I was at his home and there are certain uh, objects that people that associated with these different parties would have around their homes. And one of those items was nesting dolls. Those who, uh, who were in some way finding identity with the Communist Party and with Russia in particular, back in the days before uh, Perestroika, during the times of the Cold War, uh, there was a lot of influence from Moscow in particular, but Russia in general, on the populace in, in uh, Cyprus, on the population. And my friend had these nesting dolls. And I remember him bringing me one time to his house and showing me that was the first time I had seen one. And he said, go ahead and, and open the, the, this one, it, it, the, this big um, feminine character, um, kind of bulky looking. And as I opened the, the top of it, there was another one that was identical to the one I had just opened, but much smaller, of course, so it could fit within the, the larger one. And, and then I just kept opening them and until I got to one that was very, very small, about half the size of my index finger. And that was the last uh, nesting doll. And of course, that one was just one piece of wood and painted uh, very, very meticulously as the other ones had, looking just like the others, but this one wouldn't open. It was the last one in in the whole series of nesting dolls. And one of the things that stayed with me from that experience is, is that the smaller ones, looked just like the larger ones. They were a replica, if you would, of the larger one, but they had the same characteristics in terms of the design and even the shape. 
they were just smaller. And since that time, I've thought about this a lot because so much that happens in our world, if we take it all the way down to the smallest level, we will find intricacy and God's wisdom and ingenuity and creativity and, and his amazing genius in creating all the way down to the atomic, even the subatomic level, all the way down to the, the nano level. We've had lots of teachings over the last few years from Ian Clayton regarding the, the nano world and things at that level, which is the, the photonic level of things within the atom itself. There's a whole world that is governed by photons. And so even at the photonic level, the small will not only look like or in some way emulate the large, but it will, it will be the building block for what comes above it to be larger than it. In other words, if we take something large and we strip it down to the smallest level, we will realize that the large depends in large measure on the integrity and the makeup of the smallest uh, component in that large thing. So when you look at uh, even, even food, if you break it down to the amino acids that make up, let's say, uh, a, a protein uh, food, like, like an egg or a piece of chicken, you will find an amazing level of detail and exquisite genius in the way everything is strung together to contribute towards the larger thing that we just consume that will be broken down into those amino acids. And so the, one of the terms in science for, it's actually a mathematical term for this, is the term fractal. The fractal is the small that has the same characteristics as the larger thing. And so when you look at, for example, the pattern in a snowflake, you will find that within the snowflake itself, which has a certain pattern, are water molecules that have their own distinct pattern. And so there's something very small that in a way mirrors the larger pattern, but in myriads of different configurations, it's not exactly identical in the smallest molecular levels, but it all contributes to the larger thing, which is the snowflake. And that's why there can't be two snowflakes that are identical, because when you break it down to the molecular level, you will find patterns that are completely different, even if the snowflakes look the same with a microscope, which you would still need a microscope to look at them. You would still find that at the fractal level, the small is very intricately woven together, and it's very different in different ones. So one of the things that I draw as a conclusion from all this is that when Yahweh created everything that he created, he puts a lot of emphasis in the small, which many times we disregard or we overlook or we pass by because our focus is on the larger thing that is visible. And one of the things that I believe is so important for us to consider as we build his church and as we build and advance the kingdom is that we must build small while we're dreaming big. We need to recognize who we are, and out of our identity and our recognition of who we are and what we carry, we then operate in the kingdom to advance the kingdom with the initiative and the creativity and the insight and the revelation and the wisdom that we have. But we must 
build the smallest elements of what we're building well. Otherwise, the bigger parts will not have the integrity that they need. They will not have the proper foundation, perhaps, if you would, that they need in order to be able to hold up and in order to be able to grow. And so while we build the big, we must focus on the small. I want to draw your attention to the book of Acts, and in particular to Acts 2 and Acts 4, where it talks about the, the lifestyle of the members of the early church. It says that, they continued daily in the temple and then they went from house to house breaking bread praying together fellowshipping together and having all things in common and so the continuing of what had started in homes is what manifests in the temple so in the temple they would come together to corporately worship to corporately perhaps pray or receive teachings but the essence of what was manifesting in the temple as a corporate body was actually what was developing in each home where the disciples of Jesus and all the others who joined themselves to them would meet on a daily basis. They would break bread together. They would pray together. They would heed the apostles' doctrine, it says, and then they would have all things in common. So it was in the smaller gatherings that the essence of what made the early church so formidable and so powerful and so integrous, that's where it was found. It wasn't in the corporate gatherings. We don't know what they did when they met in the churches or in the temples. We don't know what those meetings looked like, but we do know more details about what happened on the smaller level. And so I, I attended the Dream Big conferences for many years. I, I read the books that were about building large and dreaming large and, and focusing on systems and programs that will, that will uh, inspire people to want to grow the organization. But we have focused so, so much recently on the organism versus the organization. It is the organism which is the individuals that constitute the whole that are more important than the whole because the organization is the the success of the organization is contingent upon the integrity and the character and the developmental process of the fractal which is the smaller component and so i want to encourage everyone listening to this, especially those who lead anything, who have responsibility over people and over an organization, whatever that may be, an NGO, a nonprofit, a business, uh, a church, a ministry. I encourage you to go back to the small and to continue to tweak the DNA, if you would, like a mad scientist in, in some kind of Frankenstein-like movie, not that you're building a Frankenstein, but to tweak the DNA until what you are building has the very essence of Christ in it, the very, the very fabric of the kingdom woven into it. It has to be, at that smallest level, the best it can be in order to build upon it in a way that whatever we build is going to last. In order for there to be fruit and fruit that remains, it means at the smallest level we have been building well. I believe that's what made the early church really powerful. It was what took place in those smaller gatherings where everyone came together, bonded together, shared their stories. They were hunted down at that time. They were being persecuted together. So they found camaraderie. They found safety. They found comfort 
uh, one for another in those smaller gatherings and the essence of what they built is going to be found there. It wasn't in the great moments of miraculous power being released from them. It was in, in the gathering together, in the dealing with the issues that they had to deal with, the trust matters that may have come up that made them consider what they were doing in terms of laying the money at the apostles' feet and trusting them with their resources, selling their lands, having all things in common with people that may not have been working as hard as they were, all of these issues, imagine being with a group of people and having everything in common. The small, the smaller components, the fractal, has got to be really solid in order for that organization or that group of people to walk together in unity. And when there is unity at that level, every level in terms of size being aligned properly, the commanded blessing will flow. And that's what it talks about in Psalm 133. Like it talks about like the dew on Hermon, like the oil on the beard of Aaron dripping down. It talks about in the place where there is unity like that, the Lord will command the blessing. And so we continue to build small while dreaming big. Sometimes we will have a powerful meeting in our church where uh, there will be worship. Uh, sometimes we come together, actually every two months before COVID, we would come together and have a worship night. And those are on a Friday night. And a lot of people who were working hard all week and had a lot of things going on in their lives for the weekend would not attend. But maybe 20 to 30 people would attend. And some of those meetings were so glorious. And some of those times that we had together were so powerful that at the end of it, nobody would want to say anything. Even the worship leader who was pretty much greeting everyone and saying goodbye at the end, didn't even want to say a word because of the glory that would be in that space and, and our understanding that even the wrong thing said or anything spoken would disturb the atmosphere that had been set by the worship that had just gone on. And so in those moments, I always say, let's keep this a secret for as long as we can. Please don't broadcast this. Please don't try. Let's keep building the small. Let's keep strengthening this at the smallest level. Let's make it have the essence and the character and the radiance of Christ in it. And if it does, we don't have to do anything to attract anyone to it. It will attract just like Yeshua did when he told his disciples, don't tell anyone what you saw. But the Bible says in Mark, the more he told them not to tell, the more widely they proclaimed it. Why? Because the small was built well. And the small that was built well was attracting the masses. It was attracting the crowds from the places where there was no Facebook and there was no social media. There were no telephones. There were no means of mass communication to draw the people. But the essence of what was happening had in it the power to draw the masses. And I believe the angels would proclaim what was happening in the spirit realm and people would be notified by the spirit to go where Jesus was. And so I encourage you today, and if you have something small that doesn't seem to be growing, don't worry about it. Keep building the small. Keep insisting on the value system that you have within the small. Keep tweaking the DNA of the small until what you have will be able to stand and to grow and to be built upon for the glory of God. I bless you today in your nations. I bless you in all the provinces, in all the regions, in all the cities, in all the villages, in all the places where this is going. I declare the blessing of the Lord over you. May it make you rich and add no sorrow with it. And may you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Shalom.